This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, it is, even though it's still dark out, it is officially the morning after, the morning after the first Republican presidential primary debate. This, of course, was a Trumpless debate. You're going to be hearing about this probably all day, maybe even until the next debate or the next Trump indictment, whichever comes first. But we are very fortunate to have eyes and ears on the ground. And it's someone who is no stranger to one of our favorite affiliates, the mighty 990 KWAM in Memphis, Ben Dieter, award-winning correspondent for the Todd Starnes Show and KWAM in Memphis. He is live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and was there for the debate. Ben, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you. Frank, it's a pleasure. I'll tell your listeners, you wake me up every morning. How cool is that in Memphis? I do the morning show, as you mentioned, where you, you're affiliated with, and I drive into work so ungodly early in the morning, but you wake me up every single morning in Memphis, Tennessee. I have to wake up at the ungodly hour of 3, 4 in the morning so I'm driving into work, half awake, I turn on the Mighty 990, and there you are, broadcasting from the Big Apple all the way to the Bluff City. So uh, thank you for uh, me to you. Well, thank you. It beats what we usually hear, that I'm putting people to sleep. That's very kind. How is the show being received down there, Ben, amongst all the uh, the Memphis insomniacs? Uh, some folks might have uh, thought that uh, I was a little too much of a fast-talking New Yorker to be welcomed by uh, by, Mem- by the Memphis audience. How is it? Be- Do you guys like it down there? How? What, what kind of feedback are you? hearing well a lot of your listeners are truck drivers so that's that's an interesting sell and a tough sell because they're all driving i-40 uh into arkansas really into missouri so you you have those late red-eyed guys that are in the 18-wheelers they actually like it and what i like about your lineup is you do not mirror the rest of our programming i.e i've heard your takes on some of these candidates that i'm sure we'll jump into in the gop debate tonight and you have a different opinion and i think that's healthy to hear different perspectives and it keeps people and they don't want to hear todd starnes ben Dieter, and the same ben Dieter and todd starnes all day every day we've got to have some frank in there well i appreciate that and uh, todd is a great guy and uh, i'm glad that uh, he's uh, brought uh, kwam back to its uh, former glory and his show is just terrific all over the country hey um so you were you're in milwaukee right now before we get into the substance of the debate this obviously was a big deal because the leading candidate donald trump chose not to participate in it what sense did you get about what effect that had on people's interest in the debate. Did you get the sense that people were still interested in the debate, even though Trump wasn't participating? There's no question that they were. I I would like to jump on here and say, listen, Trump still has a mighty grasp on the Republican Party, and he does, and that no one would tune into the Fox News debate, but they did. I I think the numbers will show that. I don't think there'll be the ratings that Fox had maybe back in 2015 when we first met Donald Trump as as a presidential hopeful. You remember that moment, Big Red Tie Center of the States got into it with Megyn Kelly. They pulled in, I think, like 24 million viewers that evening. I don't think we'll see those numbers, but there was a lot of uh, speculation as to what would go down in Milwaukee tonight. And that alone gets people turning on the cable. I can I can tell you here in the spin room that I covered the event at, you know, all of the press, national, local, you name it, digital, no one was watching the the Twitter interview, the sit down with President Trump and Tucker Carlson, they were all watching that monitor because that's what was happening and happening live, Frank. 
I noticed the crowd's reactions to when uh, certain candidates said certain things. It seemed like, for the most part, a very pro-Trump crowd. Every time Hutchinson said something that was negative towards Trump, the crowd applauded, uh, booed, rather. Every time uh, Ramaswamy said something positive towards Trump, the crowd applauded. Obviously, Christie repeatedly attacked Trump, and the crowd let him have it. How, who made up this crowd? How did people get tickets to this debate? Were they um, individual uh, individual campaigns distributing them, or did they get to be in the crowd by some other means? Well, I was out there when the gates opened up for the first time, and all of these voters got to walk in. And it's not just guests, voters. There are aides to the president. There are surrogates or to these presidential candidates, excuse me. But I saw a lot of Trump supporters walking in their red hat. They were just your typical locals here in Milwaukee. And a lot of them can apply for things like this. It doesn't just show up on their doorstep or in their their mailbox. They'll actually go through a little bit of a process pulled by RNC officials and get in here. I think they said 4,000 people. But I will say, I'll give you behind-the-scenes looks at, at what happened before the debate even occurred. You had a lot of Trump supporters showing up outside the event. They did not have a press badge. They did not have a guest Mm. badge. They were just there to make it known that there is only one front runner in this race, and it's President Trump. That being said, among folks that watched the debate itself, uh, who did you get the impression were the biggest winners tonight? Who did you get the the impression might have moved the needle one way or or another? Who helped their campaigns with their performance last night? I think we could give a big win to Nikki Haley, Ambassador Haley. She moved the needle, I think, in the right ways. She really had some strong moments, specifically when it comes to foreign policy, also the issue of transgender men competing in women's sports knocked it out of the park. He got some standing ovations, and I didn't see that with any of the other candidates. Uh, I will say DeSantis, I know his campaign officials had come out early yesterday morning talking to Fox News Digital saying DeSantis will be the number one target of tonight's debate or, or last night's debate. And it just wasn't that way at all. I don't think he was the number one target. I think it was Vivek Ramaswamy, mm. which might be winner number two. But then there were moments where I think the crowd was getting a little over Vivek, and, and there are some reasons that we can get into for that. And what about the biggest losers? Who really hurt themselves? Well, I think some of the candidates, respectfully, are, are just irrelevant. I mean, they're polling so disastrously low. I think of Asa Hutchison. I mean, some of the answers he was, or, or, or some of the answers he was giving, were just so flat with the pulse of GOP primary voters. Ron DeSantis, I don't think he did terrible. I don't think he did what he needed to do. I just don't think he was there. I think that he came across unscripted, very scripted, mm. at times agitated and nervous. I caught up with Candace Owens. Um, after she was in the spin room after the debate, and she said, listen, we don't know where he stands on the issues. One moment he is anti the DOJ because they're going after and criminalizing President Trump. Then on the debate stage last night when all of the candidates were asked to raise a hand if they would go on the record pardon President Trump if they were elected when he's uh, if or when he is criminally convicted. And 
if you notice, Frank, he kind of looked around, kind of put his finger in his mouth, put it up in the air, checked the pulse, see what everybody else was doing, and then he raised his hand. That's the issue with Ron DeSantis. Voters don't know where he's at, and he showed that again, that he doesn't really know on some of these big issues. Yeah, that was my impression. I thought, uh, and I know uh, debating has never been Ron DeSantis's strength generally, but I thought he gave a very weak performance. I also didn't get the impression that DeSantis had any sort of a strategy in this debate. I mean, uh, clearly Ramaswamy's strategy seemed to be to appeal to uh, Trump supporters. Uh, Hutchinson and Christie, their strategy was to go all in after Trump. Christie added the element of going after Ramaswamy. But if someone asked me, what was DeSantis doing last night? I don't know that I could uh, tell them what he was doing. Did you get the impression that DeSantis had any sort of a goal in mind during the debate? You raise an excellent point, and I think your analysis is spot on. Now, his campaign had said yesterday morning that his goal was to tout his conservative record, one that he's got a lot of praise from, from Trump supporters in Florida. And you saw that. I think if you're asking me what was his strategy last night, he was trying to refer back to action. When I was governor, I did this. For example, crime. I thought he did well on that answer where he said, here's where I went after these rogue prosecutors. You're in New York. You know the crime problem is a a big issue for voters in this upcoming election. And he said, there I removed two rogue prosecutors as governor of Florida. And as president, I'll do it again. The moderators were on him, though. They knew that strategy going into the debate, and they would pull him back to the topic at hand and say, no, 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 no. Wait, what is your actual opinion on this issue? And that's where he floundered. Uh, people that listen to this show, and I know that you listen, you know that I'm no fan of uh, Governor Chris Christie since long before this presidential campaign. Uh, that being said, I was expecting Christie to uh, go into this debate last night and just make it the anti-Trump show, which he did do to some extent. I didn't necessarily expect him to go after Ramaswamy to the extent that, uh, that he did. Did last night. Were you surprised that uh, that Christie went after Ramaswamy so aggressively? And is Ramaswamy uh, approaching the place where De- uh, DeSantis has been this whole campaign as the number two in this campaign behind Trump? It's a very good question. Chris Christie, I mean, I think he made himself very clear that he is the anti-Trump candidate in the race. Obviously, we all know Politics is reality. We can speak in hypotheticals. The guy just is not going to win this nomination. So why was he up there? There were moments where he did talk about his record as being the only electable candidate. He made the comparison that it was only him on stage that was able to beat a pretty popular Democrat in a blue state. So is that a pitch? I mean, it wasn't a, a Trump attack, so maybe one of his better moments on the b- debate stage tonight. But for for that back and forth with Vivek, I thought was very interesting. They came right out of the gate. You have mm. Vivek saying, hey, hello, everyone. My name is Vivek. I'm the new kid, and I'm an outsider. And that's when Chris Christie just interrupted and said, well, that's the problem. We don't need any more people like you. You remind me of Barack Obama. Everybody remember him? And uh, that got a lot of play tonight. Does any of this matter if we're having a debate with uh, the leading candidate by a lot, not a little, not even participating? Does this matter? Is anybody's vote affected by what happened last night? I don't I don't think so. 
I, I just don't think it's going to move the needle, needle that much. A lot of people thought maybe if DeSantis has a super strong evening, he'll do well going into the caucus in Iowa, maybe New Hampshire. He didn't do that tonight. So now what? President Trump in his base, they're still locked in. And I didn't see anyone tonight other than maybe Vivek Ramaswamy that could change some minds. And, and Vivek is doing this very smart. But then again, if he went on record tonight and said President Trump is the best president we've had in modern American history, then why are you running to unsee him? Right, right. That's a question. question. That's a question I've had for a number of the candidates that have appeared on uh, on this show as well. I think that's a that's a good question. Hey, uh, Ben, we're talking with Ben Dieter, award winning correspondent for the Todd Starnes Show and for our uh, affiliate, uh, the Mighty Nine Ninety KWAM in Memphis. He's uh, live in Milwaukee right now. Describe the scene in the spin room for us. What goes on after the debate with something like this? Well, it's a frenzy, and I was right in the center of it. So what will happen is they'll start sending candidates into media row. Now, media row is sectioned off. There is the spin room, and that is where you'll see candidates go into. They have direct access there, and they're surrogates to talk to bigger networks. So the Fox News set was up there. You have Sean Kellyanne Conway, Sean Hannity, that is, all of the Fox News talent getting direct access to those candidates. Now, the rest of the press corps, they are in media row, but it is sectioned off. What is very interesting is who made an appearance tonight? Trump surrogate, but they were barred from going into the spin room to talk to the big dogs. Kimberly Guilfoyle, Donald Trump Jr. show up. They talk to a lot of local reporters and really make the president's case. His, his father's case, which was my dad was the winner of tonight's debate. My dad is being snubbed by Fox News Channel. It's not the other way around. Me and my girlfriend are as well. They will not let us on their air. And he also said they're barring us from walking just a couple feet over past a, a little barrier and, and speaking to the big press. It, it really was a fascinating whirlwind happening right after the debate. It was reported that some of the Trump aides that were attending this debate were whining and dining some of the journalists, even from media sources that aren't at all friendly to Trump, like the New York Times, CNN, etc., with treats like pudding snack packs, which were designed to mock Ron DeSantis. Ben, did you get your hands on one of those pudding snack packs? No, I didn't. I'm furious about it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get cheese, and this was my first time in Wisconsin, for God's sake. So, no, I, I'm leaving a bit disgruntled. Don't leave without cheese, Ben. Don't leave without cheese. <laughs> I will try my best to grab some before I fly back to Memphis tomorrow. Last question, and I know you're uh, you're you're basically running on fumes and running around the clock here, and I appreciate that. But there's always narratives that emerge after these debates. You know, we saw the narrative that took hold in the uh, presidential primary debates four years ago when it looked like Biden was uh, disoriented, and that narrative quickly emerged. We've seen these narratives emerge in different primary campaigns before. If you were to put your finger on one narrative that's going to emerge after last night's debate, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say might be the impressive showing of Ramaswamy. Is that fair or is there another narrative that you see taking shape in the days and weeks that uh, follow this debate? I 
think Ramaswamy had a very strong night, I think, for a lot of GOP primary voters. They sit at home. They don't do what we do every single day. They met him for the first time. Mm. Got to ask that question to him, actually. Hey, what did you make of tonight's debate? His response was, America met Vivek tonight. And I think a lot of, a lot of his, uh, uh, or that could show up in their polling, excuse me. And then the other thing is just a lot of disappointed DeSantis hopefuls that really thought he would come out here and shine big last night. And that just didn't mm. happen. And then third, the biggest narrative is this changed nothing in the race for the Oval Office and sealing that nomination. All of these candidates, let's not forget, have to get through the gorilla, and that is former President Donald Trump. I don't see them doing that. Ben Dieter, listen to him every day on the Todd Starnes Show and on KWAM, the Mighty 990. Ben, uh, it's great to have you. I hope we can do this again soon, and uh, whenever anything's happening out there in Tennessee that we should be aware of, uh, please, you're up early anyway. Just uh, give us a call. It was a pleasure, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Ben Dieter. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're certainly welcome to. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.